Welcome to the Next Steps to Better Days podcast with your Next Step coach, Adonis Lindsay. Hey everybody, Adonis Lindsay here. Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. As always, I'm thrilled to have uh, all you listeners out there and I definitely appreciate just the PR that you're giving me. You're passing along the podcast to other people, friends, family, uh, co-workers, and I'm definitely hearing back from a lot of them. Uh, are contacting me and messaging me and just letting me know that uh, great things are happening on the podcast and they've been greatly inspired and encouraged. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, keep doing that. I greatly, greatly appreciate that. And so today we've got a, a great episode. Uh, I've got an awesome guest uh, in the house, in the studio, drove out today to be here in the studio. So you're going to enjoy her. Her name is Rachel Mayo. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, uh, dealing with chronic illnesses and still moving forward. And this month in November, it's actually National Diabetes Awareness Month. And so Rachel has an amazing story. You guys are going to be blessed by her. And, and Rachel, thank you for being a part of the podcast today. Thank you for inviting me. I listened to all of your episodes and I am just excited to be on this one. <laughs> I told you guys, just the electricity is already going through the studio. She is pumped, <laughs> she's charged, and she is ready. Now, Rachel, I've been following your story and um, just been seeing all your different posts online mm -hmm. and things like that and just seeing how you uh, have coped with this chronic illness, but you didn't let it get the best of you. You're getting the best of it and right. you're helping others. And so I just want you, I want to back you up a little bit, Rachel, and just share with the listeners out there, uh, when you first found out, and you first got the diagnosis okay. of, uh, I think it was type one yes. diabetes. Uh huh. Um, so I was 18 years old when I was diagnosed with type one. Um, a common misconception about type one is that it is a childhood illness and that you're only diagnosed when you're a kid, but actually you can be diagnosed at any age. So I was diagnosed at 18. Um, I had no idea what type one was when I was diagnosed. Uh, my parents didn't, my family didn't. So it was new to all of us. Um, but but I was not, I, I made a decision when I was diagnosed that I was not going to let it get me down, um, that I wanted to use it for good. And at the time I had no idea what that looked like wow. because I didn't know anyone with type one. I didn't know what living with a chronic illness was like or was going to be like, but I knew that the only way I would be able to continue to live a life positively with the positive spirit is to use it to help others. And so I didn't know what that looked like at the time, but I think I am doing a pretty good job at figuring that out now. <laughs> I love what you said. I hope as a listeners, I hope you guys caught that because, you know, Rachel, you said when you first found out, when you first got the diagnosis, you made a decision. Yes. Right there in your mind, in your spirit. You're like, I am not going to let this get the best of it. It was. And it was a very conscious decision. I was, I, I can tell you exactly where I was. I was at Rivergate Mall. Um, uh, we had just gotten Chick-fil-A and I sat down at the food court and I just started crying and I thought, this is not going to be my life yeah. because this is going to be my every day. And that was the moment I decided that I needed to help others and use this to do good. Wow. See, I love that because so many times, you know, Rachel, people can be just living their life day to day and something just blindsides them mm -hmm. out of left field, nowhere. And they thought, I never thought in a million years I'd be going through this, but I love the fact that, that we have that ability to make a decision uh, right there and you make that decision, then you just manage that decision from exactly. then on. And so, and, and it's so obvious to, to uh, know you and your story and to see that you've, you've managed that decision very well. And Thank so you. moving forward into that, tell us a little bit about some of the ups and downs struggles that you had to go through, uh, even after you made the decision. Uh-huh. 
And then it's one thing to make the decision, exactly. but then to walk it out. <laughs> and then to actually follow through with the yes. decision. Yeah. So most of my struggles have been, um, you know, not even with diabetes itself, but the mental issues that come with having a chronic illness. So after I was diagnosed, I started taking insulin. I gained almost 30 pounds in that first year, which as an 18 year old girl, um, you're like, what is going on? So there were some self image issues, self confidence issues. Um, I am pretty much over that. (laughs) It's been a little while at this point. Um, but currently things I deal with are, um, you know, the ups and downs dealing with guilt and, and fear for the unknown, just because you really no two days are going to be the same and you can do the same thing two days in a row and get completely different results. Um, I just, I posted yesterday, I've been posting all month for national diabetes awareness month. Um, there's a hashtag called T1D you, you don't see, which means I'm going to show you the things that you can't see um, behind, behind my illness. And one of them is dealing with guilt. I deal with guilt a lot. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. Yeah. I, sometimes I feel like I'm a burden to those around me. Okay. So, um, a lot of the times my blood sugar will drop in the middle of the night. I have this awesome piece of technology. It's called a continuous glucose monitor. Um, if my blood sugar gets too high or too low, it will alert me. Um, it goes off on my phone. It's a very annoying sound. So you're definitely (laughs) going to wake up. Um, but it wakes up my husband. Um, he likes that. He likes to know when my blood sugar is low because if my blood sugar gets too low, it could pass out, could go into a coma. It could lead to death. So there are a lot of reasons why I need to be aware of low blood sugar. Um, but I feel bad when he wakes up, you know, because he has to get up early in the morning, go to work, work a full day. So I hate that I get him out of bed in the middle of the night. Um, I feel guilty when I am at work. Um, you know this, Adonis. You've been to Paradigm Shift events. Yes. You know we're up and moving and, you're and doing we do and shaking stuff and you're all doing the time. Stuff, yes. Well, in the middle of an event, oftentimes my blood sugar will just drop or get really, really high and I need to stop. So I feel like I am putting an added stressor to my coworkers, to other people doing the event with me. There's just, I feel guilty for causing my mom to worry. You know, I just came back from Africa and I know she was worried sick. Um, But I just, I deal with it because there's no, again, I'm not going to let that prevent me from living the life I want to live. And I think a lot of that is that uh, guilt that maybe an individual can bring on themselves because you yes. are, you are a well loved and liked person. Yes, It is and, all <laughs> in my head, all exactly, in my head. Exactly. Bre- God bless that man. Your husband He's loves a, you. Your mom yes, loves you. Your yeah, coworkers loves you. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just, I'm so very lucky to have yeah. a supportive community that's around amazing. me. Yes. That's amazing. And I think that's a, I think that's a key component, mm-hmm. uh, to walking out, uh, that decision that you made. You're not gonna let this get the best of you. And so, uh, sometimes we need a team of people, yes. you know, in our corner. That All the time we need a team yes, of people. Yes, <laughs> that understand and they can they can walk through this with us. And so, and that's the thing I love about you, Rachel. It's you're always bubbly. Uh, you're always kind and caring. You're you're very interested in other people, and nobody would ever know you were you were battling with this right uh, chronic illness if they didn't ask you about it or if they didn't see your post on online or on social media. And so I just think you've done a very 
just a commendable job of, of moving forward in the midst of it. So well, thank you. Can you tell us, uh, I'm sure there's, there's high moments, but I, there's yes. probably some low moments as well, Rachel, mm-hmm. where you hit some, maybe some walls or anything and oh. kind of felt like just giving up, throwing in the towel. Yes. Um, there are, uh, I've gone through burnout phases. So you have diabetes burnout. Um, I can remember very specifically in college, I was just tired of dealing with it. Um, on the outside, I was very, you know, happy and just excited to be wherever I was. And I was dealing with everything just fine. But on the inside, that was very much not the case. Um, and I was just not taking care of myself like I should. I was not giving myself as much insulin as I was needing, which leads to a host of other problems with, you know, fatigue and mind fog and irritability. And, uh, I just remember one day after work, I got really, really stressed out. I worked at a coffee shop. It was a long (laughs) shift. There was a long line of people and I went into the bathroom after, after my shift and I more or less passed out. I broke down. I was just crying. And the next thing I know, my roommate is taking me back to my apartment, but I'm very much still like in a daze. I don't really know what's going on. I go to sleep and I wake up and my mom is there and she lived (laughs) two hours away. So there's just, after that, I was like, okay, well that was, that was it for me. I can't continue. So I had an appointment with my doctor shortly after I talked to him about the situation and he said, you need to reduce the stress in your life so you can better manage diabetes. So after that, I cut my work schedule in half. I quit some just unnecessary activities at school and just really focused on my health. And that yeah. made such a difference in being able to manage it better. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I think anybody can apply that Absolutely. to their life. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, what is what are the stress factors? What are things that that, you know, your life can continue without you doing those things, yes. you know, and, and I think that's very important for anybody out there listening right now, whether you're dealing with a chronic illness or not. It's like so many times we can get overloaded mm-hmm. with what's on our plate. And when stress factors hit, man, they, they hit hard. Yes, they and, sure do. And you find yourself getting uh, just short-tempered with people or you're frustrated. <laughs> and I can't, I can't even imagine you, Rachel, being frustrated <laughs> with somebody. I thought when you were telling me the story about working at the coffee shop, uh-huh. and it was a long line. I thought you were going to say you went off on somebody. Uh, and I'm like, no, I can't I even didn't. imagine that. <laughs> I didn't go off. It's funny because people are like, I just can't imagine you mad. Yeah. <laughs> but literally a symptom of a high or a low blood sugar is basically being mean. Yeah. So if I am just being super snarky or just kind of a brat, 100% my blood sugar is high or low because it's just not, (laughs) this is not who I am, but I definitely get that way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that is it's, it's cutting out the stress factors. You went to your doctor Yes. and he said, Hey, you got it. You know, and I love that because it's like, maybe you were at that low point and Hey, I can't, I can't continue to live like this. Well, this is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. let me take charge of my schedule. Let me take charge of, because at the end of the day, yeah, yeah this is you. Nobody, you've got to take care of you. Exactly. And so, and I think a lot of that is just to where, you know, you're finding those things in your schedule that it's not that they don't matter. Prioritize. Yeah. And, and sometimes that's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> and so with, uh, I mean, you're, you're a very busy person. Yes. You are a busy person. And when I see you on, mm-hmm. and you guys lead busy schedules and, how do you, how have you been, and you've turned it 
for good to help other people? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. So before I started working for Paradigm Shift, I was in a cubicle job. So I sat down all day. I was at my computer. It was a very predictable day today. Um, when you work for an amazing company like Paradigm Shift. Look, look, it, at, look at her right there throwing throwing out the PR. Paradigm uh, yes, Shift. Yes, I love for, for Paradigm Ryan Shift. Ellen. Let's go ahead and throw him a plug. Ryan Eller, uh, Ryan and, Eller Jared and Jared Murr. Um, <laughs> Those guys are awesome. They, they are, are so they are. amazing. And I just, I really do have to give a shout out to them because yeah. they are absolutely not concerned with the fact that I have type one. Um, working corporate America, they're not super empathetic to people with chronic illnesses. Mm. Working for Paradigm Shift is a total paradigm shift. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they are so empathetic and they just allow me to do whatever I need to do to take care of myself. Yeah. They allow me to put myself first, even if I'm not putting myself and, and first. They're family. They are 100%. They are my family. I travel with them so much. They know more about type one than I guarantee you they ever thought that they would know in their (laughs) lives. And probably most people without type one um, know. So huge shout out to them. I really appreciate that. But just traveling so much. And like I said, our events are up and active. We're constantly doing things. It's just trial and error, figuring out how my body reacts to different events, different activities, being in an airplane for 15 hours. Um, just figuring that out and making constant adjustments. It's not easy and it's not the same all the time, but with the community that I have, the people I travel with, the people I work with, I have a wonderful relationship with my doctor. I I am very fortunate um, to be able to have such a strong community that I am able to make adjustments and and live how I want to uh, without too much concern. Unfortunately, not everyone has the opportunities that I've yeah, been given. Yeah. And Bridget, what would you say to that person? Because you're absolutely correct. You've got a great team of people mm-hmm. around you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I agree, not everybody is that fortunate. So uh, what would you say to the person who's listening to this and maybe they, they're dealing with a chronic illness or they know somebody? What, what is the next step that they can begin to take to try to build that support team? Is there people they can reach out to, organizations they can reach out to? Yeah, they definitely, it's just time to start reaching out. The wonderful thing about um, the type one community, and, and we are a very close knit group. There are 1.25 million people in America diagnosed with type one, which in the grand scheme of things is not a huge group, but when it comes to trying to find people to connect to, we are there. We have a strong presence on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, so just reach out. There are a couple of organizations I would love to throw out. Mm -hmm. Um, first the juvenile diabetes research foundation or JDRF for short. Um, they have amazing outreach programs and, I got connected with them a couple years after I was diagnosed and my life changed so much for the better. There's another organization called Beyond Type 1. Um, They're fairly new, um, but they're also a great group to connect with if you just need a community and support. That's awesome because a lot of times it just takes that one reach out. Yes. And then you connect with the right person. Exactly. You know, and so, or there's somebody who could be going through something similar to what you're going through and, you know, they can kind of give you some tips and pointers on how they got through it. And so, which is leading into another thing I want you to talk about, Rachel, because at the beginning of this, you said when you first were diagnosed with it, you said, I made a decision 
this is not going to get the best of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to turn this to use it to help others. So tell us a little bit about that, because I know you had to take some next steps to to try to uh, let your voice being be an encouragement in this arena yeah so um a few years ago i really started using social media as a way to create awareness educate people about type one and just create an environment to where if anyone needed somebody they felt comfortable reaching out to me um then over the past year i really thought i i I really need to do something bigger with this i i feel in my heart that there is just something there's a bigger audience there are people who need to hear what I have to say and I don't say that because I'm just amazing I I say that because literally that's what I felt in my heart yeah I need to create something to where there's a safe space for people to talk about things that aren't regularly discussed in the type 1 community So I started reaching out to different JDRF chapters. Just randomly, I thought, okay, well, it's I should start speaking. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And and that was very scary for me. Um, So I I threw out an email to just a bunch of JDRF chapters. Um, They have JDRF has an event called the Type One Nation Summit, and almost every chapter has one in the spring or the fall, and it's just an event with research updates and breakout sessions and just ways to get involved and connected. So. I said, hey, this is me. This is what I want to talk about. If you have space in your event, I would love to talk to you. And I got a few, hey, yes, we would love to have you, <laughs> which was amazing. So the first one was um, at, in here in Nashville. Wow. I got to talk to uh, 900 people in Nashville. Um, then I got to talk to about 1,000 people in Washington, D.C. And I also got to work with an amazing group of kids in Austin and um, another great group of kids as well as adults in Atlanta. So wow. that was just this past year, and that was just me taking that leap saying I have this that I just want to put out there here it is universe take what you take will what you, yeah. um and now it's it's turned into something really really right. great and I love that I love that because it, I mean what a story it's like you made that decision this is not going to get me down I'm going to use this to help other people and you still have to walk that out yes. and you know you you said you just threw it out there to mm-hmm. those chapters and those different organizations and, you know, none of that would have ever happened. You never would have talked to the 900 people, 1,000 people, all the students, if you hadn't taken that next step right. to actually follow through with what the decision that you had already made. I'm going to use this to help other people. And I love that because I believe there are so many people uh, out there, Rachel, that they have a voice to impact other people mm-hmm. with something that they've gone through, whether it be a chronic illness or a setback in their life or whatever that is. I believe we all have a story. And to think about our story, I think so many people, uh, maybe they're embarrassed by their story. They're trying to hide their story. They regret their story. But some people tell their story like you're doing and they change the lives of other people. And so, but it all takes the individual putting forth the action and, mm-hmm. and, and just throwing it out there, not fearing rejection, not fearing like nobody's going to want to hear what I have to say. And when you throw it out there, I think God picks that up and he, he, he can assign it to the right people. Yes. And then they're calling you say, hey, we'd love to have you. Come share your story. Absolutely. And I also want to say, I didn't take that step by myself. It took the support of my husband. It took the support. Ryan and Jared were uh, 
huge helps to me because awesome. I said, I really want to do this. And Ryan said, Hey, I'll be your agent. Put my phone number <laughs> and, and my email on your website. And Jared helped me figure out, you know, speaker fees, like logistical things that yeah. I just know nothing about. And they are way more experienced in than I am. And I just, it was with everyone's help that I was able to take that next step. Wow. I'm telling you that's, I mean, those are just great God connections right Absolutely. there. And so, and I believe that I believe when you're going through something, uh, there's always going to be, be people connected to you, mm-hmm. uh, to help you in the journey, you know? Uh, once again, those are great guys. We'll throw another plug in there. Ryan Eller and yes. Jared Murr. Great guys. I did a podcast with with Ryan a couple months ago. So if you're listening right now to this podcast, make sure you go back through my podcast feed. There's one with Ryan Eller. We talk about next steps to education. He tells an amazing story about his dad. And, mm-hmm. and you guys need to go back and check that out. He's it's just a, a great, great guy. Episode. And he just he loves to help people get to their next level of, yes. of living and life. He's really good at it too. He, he is. He <laughs> is. And so Rachel, man, I'm just I, I love everything that you're doing. Thank you. And just your bubbly and just that uh and I think this is only the beginning. Of, of the impact that you're going to make on your generation uh, because you're bringing so much awareness. I wasn't even aware of everything that goes on with type one diabetes, mm-hmm. but just following your story, following your post on social media. And then, you know, you tell you're about to run a half marathon. Yes. So I know. So this has been on my bucket list for like three years. And again, Ryan, um, he's like, okay, Rachel, it's time. Like it's time <laughs> to do it. Stop talking about it. Just do it. Yeah. So he's been a great coach. Um, and November 19th, which is just, I don't know, a couple weeks away, less than a couple weeks away. Uh, I'm running my first half marathon with Ryan and our friend Neha. Um, it's both of our first half marathons, but, um, just kind of starting that anytime you start something like that, it's going to be difficult. Oh, you, don't, yeah. you don't know what to expect. You don't know what to do, but when you add on a chronic illness, Whew, I have uh, I have learned a lot I'm over sure, the past sure. three or so months of training, um, but it's been really, really great. I've gotten to know my body more. I have also, I mean, just improved my health significantly yeah. by training, which has improved my, you know, diabetes in, in and of itself. And it's it's nice to be able to say and put that out on social media and for, you know, the person that needs some encouragement and say, Hey, I know that it's scary to do something like this, but literally like if I can do it, if Rachel Mayo can run a half marathon, yeah. which I haven't yet, but I know I will. Um, <laughs> if Rachel <laughs> Mayo can run a half marathon. So can you, I promise. And here's everything I've done yeah. to prepare for this. It's just having those steps laid out for someone, um, is really helpful. Yeah. And I love that because, you know, you, preparing for this marathon it it you probably learned once again you said you learned a lot more about your your body mm-hmm. and your limitations and things like that helps you with your diet yes and things like that you know my um my my wife's grandmother uh i think she was diagnosed at a very early age with diabetes and so oh, wow. she always watched what she ate i think she was 18 or 19 oh my goodness and she lived to be over 99 years old yeah yeah and, it and, is and entirely about possible it, when we go to visit and everything like that uh it was she was in her right mind. Uh-huh. She lived by herself in her right mind. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and we thought, man, you know, man, she's over 99 and she's not forgetful. She remembers. Yeah. But we're like, okay, she's watched her diet. She's watched her diet. Her entire and, life. And probably more importantly, she's just fought. Yeah. She's known that she could. Yes. And that makes such a difference. Yes, that is that is amazing. And so, you know, Rachel, once again, I think you are and it just you inspire so many people. 
And uh, it's definitely been an honor to have you on the podcast. So oh, thank you for being a part of this. The pleasure was all today. mine, Adonis. Now, I know, Rachel, people are, they're going to like, how can I find out more about <laughs> Rachel Mayo? How can I follow her? Probably got some people that could be listening to this right now that are part of organizations that they want to have you come and share your story. So where can people go, Rachel, to find more information about you? Uh, I have a website. It's called therachelmayo.com. And then you can, can you spell also that, spell that for them? Yes. The T-H-E Rachel R-A-C-H-E-L Mayo M-A-Y-O. Yes, like mayonnaise. Yeah. Uh mayo.com And then you can uh, find me on Facebook, just Rachel Mayo, or on Instagram and Twitter at the Rachel Mayo. Awesome. Awesome. And where can people go find about this awesome group you've been talking about, Paradigm? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, there are a few places, right? Okay. So if you want to learn more about Paradigm Shift, you can just go to paradigmshiftleadership.com. But what I really want for your audience is to join our Facebook group. It's called Live Your List. Yes. So facebook.com slash live your list. It is just... It, an incredibly inspiring and supportive group of people. Just we're we're really really excited because we we just want to help people live intentionally, yeah. live life to their fullest, and we're there to help support and encourage and cheerlead. Awesome, awesome! And you guys have a book coming out too, right? The live yes, your, the live your yes, list. live your list book is coming out next month, next month in December. Awesome! Ryan has written an amazing story. It's going to be um, full of ways it's it's part story part workbook yeah so you buy it you read it and then you work through work through it yes work put, through put the seven, level, seven levels of leadership yes <laughs> love it love it love it awesome you guys want to make sure you connect with rachel rachel once again thank you for being a part of the podcast it's been our pleasure and it's been an honor having you here today thank you so much awesome guys once again you follow up with her make sure you connect with rachel uh, just an inspiring young woman that is just changing people's lives everywhere she goes. And I guarantee you, uh, you connect with her on social media, you will be encouraged. There's there's, there's no way you cannot be encouraged if you <laughs> uh, connect with her on social media. So do yourself a favor, connect with her and uh, pass her info along to other people that need some encouragement in their life as well. Okay, guys, and thank you once again, all you listeners out there for being just a faithful listener. Uh, to the podcast. I really enjoy doing these. I love to uh, have the ability to bring in awesome guests like I, I did today with, with Rachel Mayo being in the studio and say uh, uh, to share her story and her testimony. So I just look forward to bringing in more and more guests that can, that can help us all get to that next level of life. So thank you. And once again, guys, uh, always remember, it's never too late to make your next days your best one. God bless You've been listening to the Next Steps to Better Days podcast with your Next Step coach, Adonis Lindsay. For additional resources or coaching, please visit adonislindsay.com.